0: Greetings, children of the night. We are back, uh, which feels like it took forever, but and it's going to feel like we're going to take forever again, but we're going to keep at it, because no matter what, one thing is true in this world, when it comes to Mark and Jimmy, we're going to hang out. All of that stuff. Hi, everybody. Let's Uh, let's get straight to it. I was actually going to diverge. Just he's he's going to diverge for a second. Uh, See, we plan these things together. Exactly. And I'm going to talk about Wolfman just for half a second. Remember when we were talking about it and you're like, what makes Sleepy Hollow and Wolfman kind of, you know, what's what's anything similar about them? Yeah, I uh, remember. What it was was uh, Danny Elfman. The answer is Danny Elfman. There was an Elfman connection. That's, that's all it is. It's it's all- a, right. It's all coming oh, that's together all, That's now. all it really takes is Danny Elfman. And all of a sudden you are right in Tim Burton territory. Touche. Don't you love it? Yep. Had no idea. Right. And well, then also, who's the director? Joe Johnson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that exactly. Joe, Johnson. Joe Johnson. That's yeah. that is the director of Wolfman. Yeah. What Write that is, down. What else is Joe Johnson does? Yes. Yes, indeed. That's for next time. If we're still talking about this. Right. So, so with let's all get that into said, it. let's get into it. Week right. three, haven't seen it, Jimmy. This oh, one's on you. Wreck three, yeah. No, you haven't seen Wreck three. I okay, haven't so, seen Wreck three. Uh, if you don't know, Wreck is a, a Spanish um, zombie movie, uh, mostly set in the same building for the, through the first and second movie. And to clarify, the type of zombie movie is is the what rabies infection style zombie. Yeah, they're fast. They're they're. I mean, like it's it's a it's like a quarantine. Uh, type situation in an apartment building, and they are so, some of the more gnarly uh, zombies. Yeah, those first two Wreck uh, movies are super solid. Wreck is what short makes, for record if what, you don't know. What makes Wreck 3 different, though? Okay, so they first thing that they do is they drop the whole found footage thing, which is throughout the first two movies. Um, they do it mostly with found footage, and... Uh, this movie, it starts off found footage, wedding uh, footage, actually, and it goes into, uh, they, they drop the camera at some point, and it turns into just a movie movie. Now, it's not that great of a movie. It's a little too digital-looking, for my taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's And it's just, you know, pretty much your straightforward zombie affair at the wedding. The standout of all of it would be uh, uh, The Bride. Uh, she you know turns badass at some point and starts uh, chainsawing zombies and that's really the highlight I mean I, I mean a bribe chainsawing zombies I mean that's worth at least one go-around I'm thinking absolutely if you slapped a number on it oh I, I think I gave this one a two because uh, it, it really is I mean like if you if you watch it it is um, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a solid c plus maybe 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 just a solid c and 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 that's another thing that is important to remember for us a c is super watchable it's just maybe not the one that we're going to throw on the top of our list the next it's time around it's not worth... a pretty movie but you know um, everything else it, 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 that you want out of a zombie movie is in there okay all right next two up out of 5 reek 3 Amityville to the possession now I see that on Jimmy's face he's not as stoked about Amityville to the possession as I am uh, talk to me talk to me sir talk to us I mean it is your standard Amityville affair where an unwitting family moves into the Amity very famous Amity house <gasps> not knowing the, exactly what happened there oh, those and then <laughs> the same thing happens again except for this time with incest oh (laughs) Uh, everyone loves a little incest uh, in their horror movies right I mean Crimson Peak come on everyone loves a little incest oh god a cure for wellness I think there was incest in that one too right I don't I don't think so anyway um but this one it I you could tell why that's probably the reason why I put off a, a posting about it um I mean, it's just, uh, it's hard, it's a hard thing to get around, even though, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a good movie, like, uh, it's its not a great movie, I, and, and then you add that element to it, I have you know, to like, agree. Crimson Peak is a good movie, and it has that element in it, this isn't a good movie, and it has that element in it, and it's not, it's not a, a one that... I normally uh, will gravitate towards. So I definitely wouldn't put it on the repeated watch list or anything like that but I also am a person who's severely severely um, hampered by my obsession with anything haunted house Uh, and I actually love the Amityville uh, movies in particular when I was a kid I read the book scared the shit out of me Uh, so as a result of that I kind of have a soft spot for all the Amityville movies. This is interesting timing because I just watched Amityville Part 4, uh, which was a very much a TV movie, uh, and still love that one as well, even though it's super mediocre. So, yeah, uh, Amityville Incest, uh, super slow haunted house movie. Uh, solid C- for me. Totally worth a watch or two. It's a D, a D on my part. Hard D on his part. I would rate it at like a 1. You, you could probably... If you've seen Amityville 1 that's worth a watch uh the ryan reynolds chopping wood one totally worth the watch uh this one you could you could probably skip it it's fine it's i mean the ending you got you got a nice some weird ass body horror i mean so that there's that at there's least that. there's that there's some body horror there is some body horror at the end that's uh right. c minus for mark d uh d for jimmy uh Reanimator! Up next we have Reanimator. Of course, the classic of all classics. It really just doesn't get much better than the pairing of the triumphant three. You got the Stuart Gordon, you got the Bob Barbara Crampton, and you got the Jeffrey Coombs. Combs? Coombs? Coombs combs? Uh, trifecta. I mean, come on. It just doesn't get any better than that. Uh, you know, I love me dead alive. And when you think reanimator it is the American dead alive it is it has all those things that it, it's kind of dialed back just a notch it's definitely dialed back a notch from it's from dead alive not quite as but not, yeah exactly from dead alive but not horror overall it is just as gooey mm-hmm. I mean ribs cage opening S- heads rolling and talking but it's, it doesn't feel as over the top and it doesn't quite feel as mean. It doesn't sound as ridiculous. I mean, it isn't as ridiculous as you describing it sounds, which is really kind of a cool thing about it. Agreed. And as far as H.P. Lovecraft movies go, it's not the most... H. P. Lovecraft movie. It's not the like, most Lovecraftian. It's, it's missing. It's the tentacles and the fish people for it to be an H. P. Lovecraft and the, movie for the me. The sort of otherworldliness, even though it's totally an H. P. Lovecraft movie. Even though it's totally an H. P. Lovecraft movie, it's like it, it is definitely H. P. Lovecraft light. But even with that into consideration, it's still, of course, by in and of itself a just endlessly watchable. Got that little Stuart Gordon humor. Where, you know, you almost feel like Stewart was a student of uh, the Harryhausen, her, or Ray Harryhausen, I'm great with pronouncing right. no, names. It's, but it's Harryhausen, you're right. So, you know, he's almost got that, like, Harryhausen-like quality to his films. What he's films. referring to is the stop-motion nature of the um, practical effects. All that good and, stuff. And, uh, right. Turning, turning guts into puppets, and just vibes as well. Yeah, that, that's a that's a buzzword these days. Ten out of vibes. ten. I mean, just it doesn't get much better it, than it Reanimator. It is a really is a true ten out of ten. And, and you haven't seen Reanimator at this point. Good lord! Just get get to it. It's streaming everywhere. Uh, I think Amazon was the last place I saw it at streaming for free for Prime members and all that. So watch it. Come on. Up next, we have The Reef. The, the Reef. The documentary style <laughs> survival shark movie. So, if you've never seen this movie, uh, I think my first reaction was most of this looks like B roll footage from Shark Week. And um, it you know, turns out that's true. Right. It's, it turns out. It's mostly just the gimmick of the reef is that it's a survival shark movie, but they use, instead of animatronics or special effects, they use footage of real sharks. Uh, that's the majority of it, if not even all of it, if I remember correctly. Uh, I would give, I would put this on a, again, we're, we're, we're in C territory again. Maybe C plus for me, because I do think that the gimmick of the using real shark footage was cool, even if it could have been more excitedly implemented. Uh... And a solid, solid, solid uh, survival movie. Um, I disagree, <laughs> mostly because it's you know it's it's frozen without all the, the fun parts. Um, and I'm I'm not talking about the Disney Frozen. I'm talking about the uh, stuck on a uh, on a chairlift and, and freezing to death. Frozen was that an Adam Green one? I, I feel like that's an Adam Green one. But the reef had that just. There was probably one moment in the reef where I really like. I was like, okay, this is, that that was good, but other than that, it, the whole movie was pretty much like bland. I would say it was like eating flour. <laughs> uh, you know, you can't win them all, right? Let's talk about something a little bit that most people can resonate with: Halloween Five. Oh. I kind of want to talk about Halloween 4 and 5 simultaneously. He wants to talk about Halloween 4 and 5. Let's yeah, do well, it. Alright, let's talk... We will talk about Halloween 5 here. Because um, I just... I didn't like it as much as Halloween 4. I thought Halloween 4... Because this was actually, for me, a big chunk of time before I have seen Halloween 4 uh, in, in a really, really long time. Um, so, re-watching it, I was blown away by 4. Four, Four is excellent. It is phenomenal. Four is top tier Halloween material. It really, it it really goes to show you like what a Halloween movie. You know, I mean, there's one, there's two, there's then there's three, which is completely separate from. I'm, I'm just going to yeah, let's not reiterate reiterate, yeah. reiterate that over and over again that it is completely separate from the Michael Myers um, anthology. It it picks up. Right as you need it to, and it, and it brings you right back to almost one. To, to It does. It gives you, it has a similar tense carpenter like suspense. It's got great kills. It's got a super solid mask. Oh, yeah. If you were ever to return to those first two movies, which I fundamentally just don't get it that they keep doing it over and over again, but <laughs> of all the returns, This one's right up there with H2O for me in terms of rejigging the franchise, except this is obviously in the original continuity. And it's a great sort of launching point for the... Which you would call it the trilogy, the the next three. I mean, the, it was supposed to be. Yeah. What was it? What was it called? The the curse trilogy. Oh, the okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trilogy yeah. or right. whatever. No, I think it's the curse of Michael Myers. When, yeah. When they start getting into the the cult of the Thorn. Yeah, that, that Thorn trilogy. Right. That's what it was oh, called. Is yeah, that what it's called? That's what it's called. Okay. So that first the number four was a great, great sort of launching point for this new expansion of the mythology. But most importantly for me, it felt like the first movie in particular, uh, but with a little bit more of a mean edge to it, which I think actually works in I, its favor. I agree. And actually, uh, uh, my one of my favorite Michael Myers kills is in 4, where he uh, you think that he's going to shoot someone with a shotgun, but then he ends up stabbing them yeah, with it. Yeah, that and, was a great and, one. you know, in very Michael Myers form, stabs him to Pins the Pins him wall. to the wall. Right. sure. She, actually. Pins her to the, the wall. Yeah. exactly. Um, Pins the individual to the wall. Indeed. Uh, and... Uh, Yet, doesn't use a shotgun like how you would normally use a shotgun. He uses it like Michael Myers would by stabbing you with it. Wonderfully gratuitous. Um, Halloween 5, it it just falls off for me. Several notches down. No doubt about it. It falls off. I mean, okay, so first off, too much kids screaming. Come on. You don't like the kids (laughs) whining the entire movie? You don't, you don't, you're not super stoked to see close-up shots of of a little girl's face and contortions of that face for two hours no you mean? no uh, you, and, well, and and it was really super the fact that they leaned into the whole daniel harris thing like it was it she, it was the entire movie is centered around her running away from michael for the most part and it's what i the, will say is not i really as good as the the it's the, the, four Yeah, at all. Yeah, no, uh, it is not as good as four by any distance of stretch. I put this uh, definitely beneath four on my personal rankings. I will say that despite the kind of goofiness of the gimmick of the psychic connection, you know, all those damn movies, uh, the franchises from the 80s had to have some sort of pyrokinesis or telekinesis or some sort of gimmick. I do think it's pretty incredible what Danielle Harris was able to do as an actress that young. Uh, She was very convincing, and it seems like she was able to turn on that terror and that waterworks while super young. So in that regard, I love to watch her do it. The only problem is, is that it's just, again, it's one of those movies, it's got... Okay Kills, it's got the worst mask in the f- yeah. entire franchise. <laughs> does anybody Forgetable know Forgettable Kills. St- does I mean, anybody I, know the story? I think there's probably one that's really behind. That stands out. Well, yeah. I there's mean, always the one. There's always the one, and I don't actually remember the one in this movie off the top of my head, even though I only watched it, what, four weeks ago or three weeks See, ago? And, and Halloween 4, I remember the guy getting thrown on the Transformer from when I was a child. So, the, That's you know, pretty iconic. It, it is iconic. So right? I think we're both in a that, that number five isn't the greatest in the franchise by any distant stretch. And I think we're not in agreement when I say that I rank Halloween Kills above Halloween Five. And for sure. and I would absolutely completely understand that for certain people. However, because of my absolute total complete and utter hatred of Halloween Kills, almost bordering on on preoccupied hatred, um, I'm going to have to put it slightly slightly above it. But. I hear it ah mediocre stories to tell in the dark alright so, so talk scary stories to tell in the dark on to the next one yeah. um, well I loved these books as a kid I remember Me getting too. in trouble great, great books you know just for reading them too much in class um, great books and, and iconic imagery and they do find a way to weasel all the little things that you remember from the books into it, the movie. It, it is what it is—a greatest hits of book moments. Sure, but, but it doesn't—it doesn't, doesn't it, come together. Of for all much. these whole Stand By Me kind of you know it, you know these these kids these banding kids together, on bikes the, in the 80s. Goonies, <laughs> the Stranger Things all these kids on bikes trying to beat the ghoulies this is not one of the better ones uh, oh let's talk about that new one was it summer of 1980 yeah four, two or four 1984 yeah. that was a solid one but anyway I digress yeah it was just it didn't hit for me that At was I, I liked I, I liked summer of 84 a lot more than um, I think other people uh, yeah I, summer I've of seen, 84 seen, was great I, I've seen some um, negative reviews about that that it was <laughs> you know boring. but anyways yeah yeah we'll do that one day right I uh, this movie, on the other hand, it not boring, but not it, compelling. It, not compelling at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's like watching a, a more grown up goosebumps, but but even without that's the kind charm. of charm. Yeah. But I do say, oh, yeah. do it see doesn't that? that. It, yeah, it just doesn't have it. Doesn't have that like it needed like a something, uh, a theme song or yeah, something you know. to bring us back yeah. to. Yeah, or or just or or I don't know. There's just seems to be no really direct passion uh, associated with any of the performances or the acting. Is there anything bad actively about it? I wouldn't say so. No. But I've watched it one time and I, even though I own it, I haven't felt the slightest urge to rewatch watch it. Um, I gotta give it a second watch to get that final opinion, but I'm gonna go ahead and give this a, a solid C-. It's a, uh, it's a 2.5 movie. Yeah, it's a C-. Right straight the down there in the middle. And then... And then there's The Nighthouse. Brand spanking new... Oh, that's 2021 just, right there. Just love me some David Bruckner. I mean... He is just the best. Good Lord. Uh, where do this... I mean, movies like this are the ones that I'm going, where do these movies come from? Uh, you gotta just... Because... To- just a standout, standout lead performance from Rebecca Hall. Was yep. it Rebecca Hall? Yeah, uh, Rebecca Hall. I absolutely love it. Um, uh, it's very much your uh, mind breaking down in a small conce- or a small location kind of uh, film, which is just you're going to hear us use this expression all the time. That shit is candy right. for me, uh, and it's it's uh, it, it's got that same sense. Uh, David Bruckner is also responsible for quite a few anthology films, uh, anthology horror films, but most recently he did The Ritual, which was, as far as I haven't seen a fairly well-received what hiking creature feature film. Yeah, it's the Jotun in in the forest hunting uh, the the four guys. And he also has done just some great parts, uh, VHS, uh, Southbound, um, so he's got a, a real solid, solid resume, and this was his second feature, as I recall, and it is just... It just shows a solid command of of mood, atmosphere, um, the genre. It's just he knows horror. It's good. It's it, good. He he has he 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 digs deep, and you feel his movies. And I mean that in the, in the most comprehensive way. The movie that you're always that I've seen a million times that you're always trying to get me to go, uh, to borrow again. Um, the one where the, I believe it's the Entity. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, right. Um, that's what you, yeah so this is like how i would want more of the entity to be like it is this, this is almost downright scary and, yeah. I, and i don't say that very often it does it, have some, some right just some yeah it is a some. ghost story that just resonates yeah. with you and and sticks with you long after the movie's over and yeah you feel it you feel it, it almost is. down to your bones while you're watching it and and that's part uh Bruckner's direction but it's definitely the lead performance from from Rebecca it's just I mean it's a match made in heaven great chemistry across the board and totally totally rewatchable as well give it a look over brand uh, new can't recommend it more yeah I'm gonna give this one I don't know on my one to ten number scale I'm gonna give this an, a solid 8.75 of oh, yeah out of ten it, I was gonna say it's a, it's a nine yeah like yeah it it is up there so we are in agreement on that one. Absolutely. Uh, what's up, next? We, 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 do, we, do, we do that from time to time. We hey. do agree on certain types of movies that are aesthetically amazing. Um, alien Resurrection. Looks, speaking of. I'm going to shut up for this because I really want to know what Jimmy has to say about this movie because this one is one of my all-time favorite Saturday morning Alien movies ever. And to me, it's not even Saturday morning. It It is... Like beautiful French cinema, Ooh. it is Ooh. delicatessen good. It is Ooh. Children, of children of lost, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the
1: city city of lost children, city of lost
0: children. children. Right. Mm-hmm. I always go the children of lost. Got a man. little Terry, a little Terry Gilliam vibe oh, to it as well, big time. Mm-hmm. Mechanisms and uh, machinery in this movie are freaking like. Wild West meets Terry Gilliam like amazing with great punk, vibrant beautiful colors as well and then you throw in in Ron Perlman Winona Ryder there's so many people in this movie Dominic Pignon is one of my favorite French actors and he is not around enough I mean like I I can't get enough of that dude in movies and uh, there's I'm going to be googling him because I can't bring him to my mind off the top of my head. But I trust him as well. Uh, my feelings on this one, myself, uh, Alien Resurrection—it's my least favorite of the entire series. But here's the thing—they're all good. Uh, it is, it is, it is wacky. It is, uh, it, 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 it definitely. It definitely does something different than the others as well. It doesn't try to try to re- replicate that original alien claustrophobia, but it also doesn't try to replicate the second movie's crazy over the top action. Um, it's sort of a, I mean, it's very much its own thing. And 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 you it's really got plenty of action. It it. it <laughs> It gets weird. It, it does get it, weird. It's so wonderfully weird. It, it, it definitely is very strange right. and very different and wha- And like I, I use the term wacky, but maybe that's not the quite right, quite the right word. But it's uh, it's just a little off ball. It doesn't feel yeah. like the first three. But I actually mean that sort of complimentary. If you think about how the, all of them like just kind of scale up in uh, like size, and this one kind of it. It puts it in a box, in, in a completely different box, because it's, it's you know, 200 years in the future. I've been waiting for that perfect way to put it. That would be it, right there. It's totally, it's an alien film, but it's significantly far removed from the other one that it's it's almost an island alien it film. It is. It, it exists onto itself. And, uh, Jimmy, what would you Just do? Just the fact that Sigourney Weaver's in it is amazing. Like, you <laughs> want to slap a number on it. Oh, on this one? <laughs> I mean, it's a four out of five in, in, in my book. Um, I mean, I, I see its faults. I I know, I it relies on acid blood way too much. <laughs> you know, it's got little things about it that you know you can't you can't do much about it. But uh, at the end of the day, I adore the cast and the director and the setting. It it just it screams you know quintessential Jimmy. I'm and not gonna lie. I gotta agree with that 100% across the board even if my actual feelings on the movie are a little bit more muted I would give this a solid B minus I don't think any Alien film gets less than a B Uh, but with all that said um, you know it's got a lot to love Uh, again I'll bring back that Saturday morning cartoon vibe that I get from it that same sort of transition a lot of those franchises made as they and again not so much that it you know they were running out of ideas, but if in fact it seems like with this one they were trying out as many ideas as they possibly could cram into one movie. And you know what? You gotta love it. B minus for me. Uh, and whoa, uh, it's, a, it's a it's a A minus for me. Um, it, it looks like um, it looks like uh, we have uh, run to the end of our stack. Uh, what any stuff uh, that you've been streaming lately that's twisting your throttle? Well, I mean, other than like you know, shout out to Censor uh, and. There's there's been a couple other ones, but actually, I want to throw a curveball at you. Let's do it. And just, you know, second episode. Why not? Tell me about Dune. Dune, So random, sure. So random, right? I know we're horror it. guys and so, all that shit, but uh, that's we are also sci-fi guys, and Dune is absolutely in our wheelhouse. 150,000% uh, it is. Uh, let's do it, Dune. Uh, so, ha, Dune. Denny, 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 Denny. You are a glorious, glorious man. Uh, his, uh, I will say, this movie is a perfect adaptation of Dune. I have read the book. Many many times I have watched every cinematic adaptation I have pored over the Jardovsky film I I am I, I would consider myself to be a, a super familiar with the story. Uh, and what can I say? I mean, it's he cut it straight down the center. Uh, he adapted it with, with meticulous precision, his, his vision, his practical sets, uh, his use of CG, his sound design, uh, the characters, the performances. I'm gonna zero in on two things. Uh, Timothy. Timothy Timothee Chalamet. He's all right. He's not bad. And the character is only halfway grown. So we have another movie for me to have a final opinion on what Timothy is going to be in the grand scheme of Paul's Atreides. Um, and then I found... <laughs> Listen, I'm a huge fan oh of David Lynch's Dune. But you, I mean... To improve on, upon that Paul Atreides, it's, you know, you can't improve, it's hard. You can't improve upon and then, Luke Skywalker. And then Alec Good Newman, luck. also from the um, the sci-fi miniseries, which is actually my first version of Dune that I watched over and over and over again. I got a lot of nostalgia for that one. Plus, it also happens to be an excellent adaptation in itself. Um You know, he was an excellent Paul as well. I used that term, excellent, like five times just now. Uh, He was a really good Paul. uh, And honestly, Timothy just, uh, I I think he did just fine. Uh, But it seems like he's a bit of an outlier in a film packed with awesome performances. Let's talk about Josh Brolin. Let's talk about freaking um, uh, Jason uh, Momoa. Uh, Jason finally Mo- <laughs> doing Duncan Idaho correct. So well, does, I mean, I'm, he does Duncan Idaho correct. But I will say, Jason, good lord, have mercy. Learn to act. I love you. You're amazing. You got great charisma. I've been watching him since Stargate Atlantis. But dude, play someone I just else. I Love his career. I, you know. That's like telling Vin Diesel to play someone That's else. That's like telling The Rock to play someone yeah, else. That's like telling Tom Wait. Hanks to play someone else. I mean, but at the same time, stop. I'm still going to... just gonna, enjoy Jason Momoa. I'm still going to do it. And uh, and and so Jason Momoa took me out of it a little bit, especially my man, my man, my man, my man. Um, but I mean, that, he's Duncan Idaho. With all that said, he's Duncan Idaho, and he had his moment, and it was epic and all that. Um, there is a certain amount of of a really interesting amount of coldness to the film that I wasn't expecting. That's a little bit different from the previous adaptations. There's a... And I think it's an emotional coldness, uh, and I think it's Filters largely... And, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, uh, you mean like a... Like strip. an emotional okay. coldness right. between the actors. Uh, the chemistry is there for the characters. I think the actors all kind of... With the exception of uh, Oscar Isaac as Lido, who was just... Again, a show stealer, both from that super, super, super sweet naked scene at the end where he kills everyone. Right. I mean, good Lord, have mercy. Come on, Duke. Jeez, you're just killing us. We're all sweating at the neck at that one. And then he almost murders everyone. So, hey, sorry, spoiler alert, everyone. Uh, I'm just rambling about Dune because I've heard it. I've seen it a million times in terms of the other adaptations. Uh, you, you talk about this one, Jimmy. Oh, okay. So big standouts for this one is uh, the score. the score score. is amazing oh the score the sound design I mean the size of it all and the scope of it all I mean just the fact that people are able to do that and listen you can complain about Timothy Chalamet being kind of one note or you know Jason Momoa also being another note listen you're gonna throw you're throwing it into a world that no one has really successfully done this yet not a hundred percent not a hundred percent true. and he is so like preaching on a hundred percent. He's so close to hundred percent, and that's all you can ask for. And all you has... can ever expect from anyone is ninety percent, and he <laughs> because <laughs> to be fair, to expect hundred percent is just asking too much. That's okay. To be fair, with Denny, I think I aim towards hundred percent because he's so damn good. But that's a fair 100 as well. Uh, I have I, I, I the the complaints that I have are so un- unbelievably uh, minuscule in and, comparison and, to the the, the enormity and, of the success and, that and, was this movie. I'm going to change my rating scale to make it a little bit more accurate and call this a 96 out of 100. It's so damn close to perfect. Uh, Minor, minor quibbles aside. And here's the cool part about this one is that when it is, when the second film has come out and you have the overall. 100% vision of the story in its entirety because really this is one long movie this is definitely not two separate films as we know Uh, it has the potential to retroactively improve what the performances were like in the first film because then you get to see the continuity of development of all the characters and plot line and story. Um, so, again... Basically, if you didn't enjoy the first one, hang on. You might enjoy the second one. And But then again, you might not because it might not be your thing because it is some weird-ass sci-fi. A... A... Oh, so very close to an almost an A+. plus, uh, But I'm going to give it a solid high A, and I loved it, and I can't wait for part two. What can I say? See it. And I can uh, just say A plus, ten out of ten. I loved it. I I, uh, I I mean, friggin', I guess I'm just easy to please, you know? Because well, man, I it, mean, I, I I no, and, and it's here's a thing. Masterful, masterful it really, really it's a masterful, masterful film. Really, really, it's a masterful film. I can nitpick all I want to, and I can, and I do it all the time, but but it's still a masterful but it's film. it's still um, you can't how can you knock a masterpiece, man? Anyways, we're wrapping it up. It was a. Uh, good second episode man just another solid chat that we do every week every friday until we don't until we don't and speaking of which there will be another chunky delay between these next couple of episodes but then we'll do our best to get back onto some kind of schedule but if not that's fine because we do this every weekend well hopefully you'll hear it next time right and if there's one thing that's true mark and jimmy's gonna hang out and we got lots more movies to talk about Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night.